podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. Today is January 6th of 2021, a very brand new year. And before I say anything, I just want to say that I am very well aware of the atrocious acts that are being committed by Trump supporters right now in the U.S. Capitol that's currently on lockdown because they came through the barricades and tried to invade it. Um, There's nothing to be proud of uh, if you are someone who's supporting this. I am 100% behind freedom of mobility, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, and pretty much any freedom there is. But I feel that this is a blatant attack in our democracy. It doesn't matter who you supported and who you voted for. We have a system that has been working really well for us. We are the world's leaders or were until today. So if we want to maintain that that leadership status and continue to be the light for others, then we have to keep our democracy intact. What's going on right now to me is an act of treason and these people should be apprehended and tried as such, because this is basically an act of domestic terrorism. There's nothing about this that isn't exactly that. Well, back to today's topic. Reality is a construct. And as such, clearly, we each have our own. Yeah, of course, certain things exist objectively, but how we perceive things is unique to each of us. And as a human being, I've witnessed this, you know, things like our learning style, our love language, our palate, our taste, and even the colors that we see and the sounds that we hear. I'm only five foot three, so I'm pretty short. And I remember going up uh, on the bench here in my backyard to see how some of my super tall basketball player friends see the world. And it was literally shocking to me to see how different the world looks to someone who's like six foot ten you know like my friend Taj Uh, I also remember reading articles and watching documentaries about different learning styles and attention span abilities and interests and skill sets and how that impacts education and how a typical classroom setting is doing a huge disservice to society by making so many people feel incapable of absorbing information or you know, hindering their confidence in their ability to succeed, when in reality, it's really our system that's failing them. Not everybody learns the same way. You know? It's that whole you know, good old saying, if you judge an elephant by how well it climbs a tree, that elephant's going to spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. But I also get that it's hard to tailor things to individual needs. We live in a democracy where majority rules and we need boundaries and systems that, you know, basically are one size fit most because obviously there's absolutely no such thing as one size fits all ever. The thing is, why do we keep making those who don't fit into the one size fits most, um, you know, into that group feel so bad for being who they naturally are? And more importantly, 
Why do we keep lying to ourselves about who we are as a society and as individuals? Because when we take a closer look, we see that most people don't seem to fit that whole one size fits most thing we already have going on. So that one size, in fact, fits only a few that maybe at one point were in control or still are, or they carry such shame about being themselves that they created the rules to hide behind it, you know, kind of like politicians that head tax, tax, uh, task forces to crack down on prostitution, but are really sleeping with prostitutes on the daily, or homosexuals that pretend to not only be heterosexual, but also homophobic, so that they will not be suspected of being who they really are. And it's not entirely their fault, you know. It's also a set of unrealistic expectations that we all have set out for ourselves in the interest of most. You know, kind of like why the Catholic Church doesn't allow priests and nuns to get married. And as a result, they became a huge refuge for sexual deviants and for those who are ultra uncomfortable with their own sexuality. Because originally, the main reason was simply financial. You know, it was greed. It was also practicality. They didn't want the church, uh, you know, the church's property to become inheritable. So church leaders could not have heirs. And that's just a very simple thing. It was just that simple. But then when that began, it also started serving a plethora of other purposes. So it's in the interest of the church and its decision makers, and maybe even in the interest of its members, in the sense that it benefits them too much right now for the church not to, you know, allow inheritance, to keep it that way. But there's also so much wrong happening to people every day because of the hypocritical society that we live in. You know, cops being forced to arrest people for committing minor infractions that probably shouldn't even be infractions to begin with, since so many people in our society do the same things, you know, including people in that cop's family. Same with the judge. Maybe they, he does it. Maybe the politicians passing the law are, you know, committing those same infractions. But we have a profit-based prison system and lobbyists for cigarettes probably really would be pissed off if marijuana was legalized and um, since it would probably hurt their sales because it's not for health reasons. Anyone who can justify cigarette smoking while saying marijuana is unhealthy is either completely ignorant of the verifiable truths or mentally deranged. Drug dealers would also be SOL in many ways, you know, if, if marijuana was legalized since they can really make a killing by it being illegal and hardly accessible. And then you have things like women's sexuality, you know, which has been repressed for centuries, centuries. In some countries, they are even castrated. And sure, you know, some of that comes from possessiveness, such deep insecurities that men feel like it's the only way that they're going to keep a woman from straying. But it could also be the simple reality that according to research, women's sex drive is actually way higher than men's. And I guess they didn't like that so much. And maybe they found it emasculating and they found a way to make it seem not that way by calling women sluts if they have multiple partners while men are just players and showing a man's body, you know, no matter who that man is, is perceived as confident. Well, if a woman shows off hers, then she's an attention seeker objectifying herself to go up the totem pole, you know. Sadly, women themselves have bought into this absurd mentality and uh, even speaking of sex at all, like literally saying body parts out loud has become such taboo that people have a hard time expressing their desires and they end up just deeply, deeply unfulfilled. And um, I'm going to make something very clear here. 
if the word penis and vagina offend you, there's something wrong with you. And that's okay. It's okay. You're just like a lot of people in society, but just know that there's something wrong. It should not offend you at all. Talking about sex should not be any different than talking about the weather. And that also spills over to the idea of monogamy in relationships. Because yes, of course, some people are monogamous and monogamy does exist, but many people are not. And that is okay. If someone is hypersexual, but has a partner who isn't, how is that person going to be fulfilled in that arena? I mean, they can't force their partner to constantly, you know, they can't pressure them into constantly being available and wanting the same things that they do, that that would be horrible, you know? So, but at the same time, like, why should they be expected to curb their appetite just so not to hurt their partner's ego or feelings or whatever, you know? How ridiculous is it to say, though, also, that perhaps then they should just not be with their partner and they should find another hypersexual person to be with, you know, saying that is so stupid because that basically means that you're saying that sex is everything in a relationship. And it's not. Relationships are a lot more than just sex. They are camaraderie. They are business partnerships. They are parental teamwork. They are best friendship. They are travel buddiness. I mean, there is so much to a union that one shouldn't have to sacrifice on so much based solely on the one thing that everyone else finds taboo. Sure, it's easy to understand, you know, we all want to feel loved and special and important and the sole center of someone else's universe. We all want to be able to provide something that no one else can, you know. We want to be indispensable and irreplaceable and unforgettable. But are we already like that naturally because only we are who we are? And if someone is only devoting themselves to just you out of a sense of obligation and loyalty, so much so that they are actually betraying themselves and what would really make them happy. Is that what you want? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is what some people want. But why? Because there is a deeper reason to all these things. A longing for something more. And probably a lot of repressed feelings, emotions, and desires in that person's life as well. There's this like sense of, well, it's what I sacrifice too, so you should have to do it also. You know, kind of like hazing in, uh, in Greek life. Yeah, I did it, so now you have to. And there's always the one person who truly cannot imagine wanting anyone else. And yes, that person's feeling will be hurt. Um, you know, because if the person who they can't stop thinking about and is the sole reason for their being um, doesn't want just them, that's, you know, that hurts. But that will be the case whether they act on it or not. So then it begs the question, what is it that bothers you? The person's act or the feeling behind it? You know, if they stray, doesn't it start with their mind? Doesn't it start with their feelings? So it, what is it that's bothering you? And let's not forget, there's also issues with sexual identity, sexual preference, sexual nature. So many people living in hiding, lonely and afraid. So much suicide, all because society has a hard time accepting something that is absolutely natural, even though it isn't the nature of every single member of, its, of society. And why do we accept certain behaviors but not others? Do you have any idea how many people enter sham marriages out of a need to belong? Just so that they will be able to stay employed or get a job or not be shunned by their family and friends? Do you know how messed up that is? It hurts me to know. That there are so many of us out there living in the shadows, filled with guilt for something that they have no control over, that is completely natural, and that they have no reason to feel bad or guilty about.
The sham also spills into jobs and careers. So many people spend a long time doing something that isn't exactly for them just to please others out of a fear of failure or imposter syndrome or just even mere embarrassment because certain professions are deemed lower than. You know, I want to take this opportunity to say how proud I am of my husband because today he was officially announced as principal of his company. I was already proud of him when he was invited to be their CFO in 2016, but today marks an even greater step forward and a showing of recognition for the natural talents and skills that I have always known that he had. And the funny story behind this, which dates back to 2015, actually even before that, but definitely a bigger version of it in 2015, I was telling him that he needed to think bigger than the position that he was previously in. You know, he was in public accounting for over a decade. And I kept telling him that he was made to be a CFO. He had all the skill sets, but like most people, he did not see it in himself. He didn't see it at all. He didn't see what I saw in him. And I continued to push. And at times I felt guilty because I didn't want him to misconstrue what I was saying for disappointment and what he was choosing to be. But I knew that he needed to believe in himself to reach his true potential. I prepared a resume for him showing him that he was CFO material and I emailed it to just him and he laughed at me, but he thought it was quote unquote cute, you know, but he never sent it out anywhere. And of course, neither did I. But as it goes, once you put that something in writing, you know, after it started with a sincere thought, doubt free in your head, the universe delivers. Ask and you shall receive people. Three months later, out of the blue, his firm's largest and most important client, which is Hudson Companies, which is what he is the CFO of today, invited him to become their CFO. He and everyone we knew was, they were just floored. He thought I was a witch. And maybe I am, you know? I mean, what is a witch anyway? Depends on what your definition of witch is. And since then, so much has happened. He, like most successful people, suffers from imposter syndrome. So It's always a shock to him whenever he gets a compliment or a promotion. And I have explained in prior episodes, you know, I actually did a whole prior episode dedicated to that theme, that imposter syndrome is natural because it's a product of the idea that only we are who we are. So what comes naturally to us feels so easy and effortless and, you know, that that we cannot imagine someone else paying us that much or, you know, appreciating us that much for something that doesn't even feel like work or it's not even that hard for us, you know. But what we need to remember is that what is easy for us is not easy for someone else. And that is why why I keep saying that only you are you and that is your superpower. People who have imposter syndrome are the ones who follow their heart and they took a plunge into working in a field or position or doing something that is truly meant for them. And therefore, it doesn't feel like, you know, grueling work that everybody labels work as. And of course, it is still a commitment of time and overcoming challenges, but it's not the same as the job that you dread Mondays for. And, and by the way, anyone who dreads Mondays should also revisit their choices. Um, so today, you know, he was complimented by the CEO and uh, he actually told Scott and, you know, and the whole company that Scott was the best decision they ever made. And this is a very, very successful company. So that says a lot. And I completely agree. They are very lucky to have my husband. Society has created so much taboo associated with career choices. You know, so many families expect their children to be lawyers and doctors and the typical high paying job that they hinder their true calling of becoming maybe the next Grammy or Oscar or or Emmy award winner or the psychic to the stars or the happiest fireman or policewoman or carpenter there is. And 
Any and all professions carry great potential for success, but more importantly, for fulfillment. It was, you know, it was ridiculous to, to watch so many people that I know follow, you know, career choices that weren't really meant for them just to please their parents or their, you know, their head or society or whatever. And passing up opportunities that truly were meant to be. Um, I was actually just reading about an ex-investment banker that is now making over $100,000 a month as a life coaching stripper. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. And it's awesome. Deepak Chopra, who is a, you know, my favorite author and who's a spiritual guru and an intuitive healer and author of self-help books uh, that are geared towards spirituality. He was once a medical doctor. You know, he's an MD. And if you are in your office at a bank right now, doodling away, dreaming of becoming a graphic designer, but thinking that it's too late because you're too old and you don't want to start now, people won't believe you. They'll think that you're, you know, whatever. And it won't pay the same money. Just remember that this may be the only life that you live and you have to live for you because only you get to live your life. Only you experience your feelings and only you can do what you can do. And as a fellow human being, let's all be more tolerant also of people's differences, you know, genuinely love them for them and hope for their genuine happiness too, you know. Let's stop making people do what we want. Let's stop being killers of joy, shall we? Because life is meant to be lived. Um, so in this new year, um, I wish for all of us a very fulfilled life. I hope that we can be more comfortable owning our truths because the truth will set you free. But before the truth can set us free, we need to identify what lies are holding us hostage. Alan Watts uh, was right, you know, because... Um, he said this, and it is very, very true, that men um, suffers because he takes too seriously what the gods made for fun. So like I said, let's stop being killers of joy. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.